Hello solvers, welcome to the Solvers Edge, the podcast that takes you on a journey of why, how, and when does open innovation matter. I'm your host, Iliriana Kachaniku, and today I'm excited to dive into a conversation with Kate Rushton. Kate is one of those innovators anywhere who does not hesitate any time to put her knowledge, expertise, curiosity, and wisdom to test and innovate, as said in her own words, something unexpected and unseen before, and sometimes tap out those unrestricted parts of you. Kate's journey into open innovation started by filling a void. Her day job did not provide the outlet and recognition for her creativity and cross-sectoral knowledge in science, education, and business. When she moved from sector to sector and career to career, one thing remained constant, open innovation challenges. In total, she has entered over 50 challenges across sectors and concepts that were sponsored by corporates ranging from Canon to Stat Oil and sought solutions from design ideas to business models. She has even run challenges herself and used challenges to upskill and pivot careers. I was curious to learn what drove her to engage with the challenges, solve different problems, and develop solutions. I wanted to learn how she had experienced the open innovation challenges herself. And I was right to be curious. Her personal journey to open innovation is very inspiring, but what motivates her to engage with the challenges and solve problems across boards is very revealing and encouraging as it indicates that barriers to entry for innovators anywhere may be lower than they initially may seem. Lastly, her insights about her experience as a participant are worth taking a note of as they may help shaping a lot of interesting challenges in the future. So please join my co-host mentor Dida, who had the pleasure of interviewing Kate Rushton, the solver who loves innovating unexpected solutions to open innovation challenges. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Kate. We are so excited to have you on this show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Kate, uh, your journey is fascinating. You are like a veteran solver. You have been in so many challenges. We have so much experience uh, in the open innovation world, and we're so excited to get to know you better and also to uh, you know, learn how to best design open innovation challenges. So for those of you, the listeners that are excited and interested to learn more how you can make meaningful open innovation challenges, Kate has so much jewels, so much wisdom to, to share. So Kate, um, what is open innovation for you? Let's start with that. Oh gosh, um, I guess we have to go with the word, what does open mean first? And I think open means something that's accessible to more people than normal, like outside of existing organizations to anyone with an internet connection. Um, Open innovation is just looking out there for something unexpected and unseen before. Um, And this could be done in a variety of ways. And probably one of the easiest ways to do it is through an open innovation competition. Ooh, I love that. I love that uh, because definitely the wisdom comes from unexpected places, uh, right? So, and and in your journey uh, to open innovation, Kate, how, how did that reach you? How did this open dimension reach you? I've always been one of those people that gets bored very easily and doesn't want to be doing one thing in any one time. I've also been one of those people who 
I'm not a gambler, but I like to do like almost like competitions and gambling style things. And I started entering, idea, I found an idea competition online and I just thought, okay, this is interesting. Let's give it a go. And this snowballed into a hobby because my day-to-day job at that time was working in the energy sector, writing reports on energy from home. And I didn't get exposure to other things. And idea competitions gave me exposure to other companies, other sectors. It was low risk and it was a lot of fun just to use my brain and get my brain thinking in different ways. Like getting the creative juices excited and all of that flowing, right? Yeah. And I can't even remember the first one I entered. Oh, hang on. I can. It was to do with um, ideas for uh, AIDS research and an innovative and thinking of ways of uh, creating an innovative marketing campaign. So I kind of like that charity element to it uh, just because what I was doing in the energy sector was pure private sector work and there wasn't a really a social dimension. Yes, 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 yes. That resonates so much, Kate. And, uh, you know, um, how did how did this happen? Where did you go? How did these challenges reach you? You know, people like you who are looking to practice or stretch their creative potential. Um, how did this challenge reach you? Do you remember? How did you hear of it first? I used to always enter competitions when I was younger and it was things like slogans and I just used to search for competitions and it just came up this competition and it was on an open innovation platform called Hive and through that platform I started entering more of their challenges and I started to connect with more of the people who were the solvers on the platform and one of the solvers mentioned other platforms I could enter and it kind of snowballed into learning about all the other open innovation platforms and ideation challenges. So it Mm. was purely by chance that I found Mm. out about it. But I think these days, these platforms are a lot more accessible because a lot of the hosts or the owners of the the open innovation platforms are advertising online uh, through social media like Facebook and Twitter to try and reach their target audiences. So, so these platform, I guess you were into competitions and then you Googled competitions, right? And then from the competitions, you went to the open innovation platforms and that's where you got to learn about this world. And then you kept in touch with all these platforms throughout the time. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say these days, I think it's probably easier for people because some of the platforms have almost like collaborations with some of the universities and higher education institutes as well. So those collaborations that reach you, fantastic, fantastic. So when you join these, um, do you join as an individual or with a team or how how does that work for you? Um, I joined as an individual initially. And then over time, I've been entering things called hackathons, which are like, Uh, ideation competitions and a bit more sometimes you're developing a prototype over a weekend and I started entering those in person and I formed a kind of like mini team over weekends in when I was living in London and we used to work together on these challenges 
Um, we don't work as a team anymore because everybody's gotten older and our priorities have changed, but I have been parts of teams for open innovation competitions as well, but they, they've been mainly for hackathons. Mm, so you then also created a community of people while you were uh, applying for these challenges and hackathons, right? It was a uh, hey, this is the idea or this is how we can work together. And not only you come up with the solutions, but you also create a community of people, right? Yeah, I think with the hackathons, because they were in person and there's quite a strong like developer designer community in places, especially like especially London, where I was living, that they were almost a social event combined with a competitive element. And they were also had a lot of learning involved as well in the hackathons because often our team was learning about a new technology or a new coding language throughout the weekend. I love that. Uh, that's so cool. Like I'm, it's like a festival for people who love ideas and so on. The hackathon, right? Uh, so that that's fantastic. And as far as you know, these these challenges, what what were they offering? It was it like a monetary prize awards or what, what was the the motivator behind you up applying to those I, I think they've all had a range of prizes and it's always been the type of challenge as well that's dictated that a lot of them have monetary rewards and that is a motivator for me because you know being a uk tax resident prize money is not taxed and is not subject to social security contribution. So it's almost like money in your pocket. Um, but with some of the hackathons and some of the idea competitions, there are prizes that like almost money can't buy. And they're like meetings with certain people, uh, or, you know, the chance to pitch your idea and develop it further um, and trips to places that I wouldn't have been to before. So it, it really has varied. Um, I must say most of the challenges usually have a monetary element to them. It just depends. And it depends on the sponsor because some of the sponsors just really want idea harvesting and other, other sponsors want prototypes and more of a connection with the solvers. And what has been one like um, surprising yet awesome award that you have received uh, during your, your journey here? Years and years ago, when I was in the energy sector, there was a competition run by Statoil and the New Scientist. And they wanted uh, people's thoughts on the future of the energy sector. And the prize for that was to visit Norway and go on a trip to one of the largest natural glass platforms and also go to Svalbard in northern Norway and see potentially see polar bears. So that was a pretty special trip because. Not many people get to go on a natural gas platform. It's quite highly secretive and it's really interesting, especially for me working in the energy sector at the time because it was pretty good for the company I was working for as well. Um, and it, like the cost of that trip and organizing that trip myself, that would be very difficult to do. And I got to learn more about Statoil, which is a super interesting and innovative energy company. So. That's probably the best best prize. 
Well, if the audience is not inspired to apply for more challenges to get these awesome prizes, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> that sounds so fun, Kate. So let let's let me ask a little bit. You know, I think audiences is uh, good to to hear this. How do you remember how many challenges you have been a part of? I have no idea. I'm not really keeping count. Um, oh gosh, I have no idea. I'd probably give us a range, yes, to sixty, but it's it could be higher. I, I just I don't keep a count. I'm one of those people that certain parts of my life are quite organised and monitored, and others are not. And I see it also as something that's like it's educational for me, but it's also fun. So I just don't keep track. Wow, but you know, a range of 50 to 60. I think that's we can keep that range. I think that's uh, very impressive and super awesome. Um, and just so much more to, to come um, since you are in this journey. So let us, you know, like from all these challenges, and I know this is a little bit of an unfair question, but tell us a challenge that you really enjoy being a part of, to come up with an idea. How was that journey for you? Um, recently, I took part in a, a challenge run by Canon Europe, and th they wanted ideas on how to make the publishing industry, book publishing, more sustainable. And we all had to submit our ideas, and they chose five people to be in the top five. Um, so I was one of the top five, and what I really liked about that competition is all the people in the top five received pitch training from the host of the platform. And we got to pitch our ideas at a sustainable book fair run by Canon. And we got to attend this book fair. We got to see all the other talks. And then they had the voting of the ideas on at the book fair. And what I really liked about this was the opportunity to get feedback from lots of experts in the field from the voting and to get a bit closer to the challenge sponsor. And also the pitch training was something educational and it's a useful skill to have. So it was more than the prize. It was, it was a lot enwrapped in that challenge and it's more than a typical idea harvesting competition. So that, that was what, that's probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah, it seems like it has been a meaningful experience where not only you came up with ideas, you gain new skills, you build new connections, you enhanced your skills in, in so many different ways. That seems that seems really, really meaningful. And this is, I think, a point where when we design challenges, it's not just about harvesting the ideas. It is about the the experience of of the whole journey that all the solvers go into what was uh, some of the outcomes of this competition um like what are some of the things that you you uh, the the competition went out with i guess what for this one it, it finished about was it about a month ago so we can't really talk to i can't really talk too much about the outcomes at this stage but I understand the person who won might have more of a collaboration with Canon because her idea has been on the market for a year. So it's, this is more of an established startup. Um, but I think it could be the start of a journey with the company. Another outcome is I've connected with all of those people in the top five. So that's 
good to know and good to understand them and their ideas. And I guess another outcome, which a lot of people probably don't talk about much with open innovation challenges is I've got a really good positive perception and experience of the Canon brand. Like I didn't feel that they were running this open innovation challenge as a publicity stunt. I felt that they were like more really interested in the ideas and potentially developing some of them later. Ooh, that's a very interesting point. So do you feel that sometimes, uh, uh, you know, this happens where, you know, it's more of a publicity stunts rather than this. And if somebody's listening to hear, what are some of the lessons or some of the experiences that you had from this Canon experience that you feel like people should bring into their challenges? I think with a lot of open innovation challenges, they like a company might run a challenge, then they award the prizes and that's it. And the thing that really worked well with the Canon challenge is we got to develop our ideas a little bit more in two weeks in order to pitch them and make a clear pitch. And we got feedback from three expert judges whilst we pitched. And that really helped like refine the ideas and think of the questions an expert would ask. And also they had this voting that was done online, which was done by like hundreds of people. So there was like a qualitative response and a quantitative response to the ideas. It was also like an experience to say that I've spoken at a conference, which isn't something you get with most open innovation challenges as well. So I think with a lot of companies and brands running open innovation challenges, it's like what experience could people get from this challenge that's non-monetary that could help them out in their careers or in their professional development or in their ability to develop their ideas further? Incredible, incredible. And when you, you know, when I, when I hear this, this is just such a beautiful example of investing in people, investing in experiences. And, you know, when you think about uh, when you applied, where, how did you come up with your idea? You know, and what was your solution about? How did you come up with that? Was it just a random process or tell us just a little bit about uh, how do you come up with ideas and how do they develop as you go further? I kind of have a semi-structured process where I might read about the challenge. Then I'll do lots of desk-based research, listen to podcasts about the topic. And like gradually, like every night, do a mini brainstorm. And then I'd probably submit three ideas initially and then build on them based on the feedback I'm getting on the platform. The thing with Hive, platform is you can like uh, post your idea initially and then you'll get feedback from other people in the community and then you can build on your idea which is unique because some open innovation platforms are a bit closed in that you have to submit your idea in in its entirety and it's anonymous Oof, if that makes sense. Love, yeah, absolutely. And it makes sense that it's an iterative process. Um, the whole uh, idea, initially you submit and, you know, you have some good strategies, you know, like, oh, I submit three different ideas after my research, after these parts. 
that's uh, that's what comes up. That's so it's inspiring. You know, honestly, it's making me want to apply to more challenges myself with uh, using the strategy. I think that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So after you applied, how many people did uh, come together for the event, and uh, what happened to your solution after the challenge? So at the conference where we all five of us pitched, there were, I think, I couldn't give you exact numbers, but there were three judges, two representatives, one from Canon, one from his own innovation consultancy at the conference in our, dealing with our section. And I think there were between, I wanna say 450, 450 to 850, somewhere around that figure with the number of people watching the conference. The reason why I can't give you an exact figure is like the numbers changed throughout the day. And our section was a certain like time duration. So I couldn't give you the exact numbers. Yeah, um, totally fine. I was just thinking, you know, the there's five finalists, right? They didn't bring the top 30. They just brought the top five together. And then all the people that were there um, to support and to push things forward, right? From the challenge, they got only five to the conference. Cool. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, cool. Did the award um, or the challenge itself, I think you kind of went through this, but how did it help your solution grow? Like, is there, and do you plan to continue uh, making that solution happen? I'm planning to develop a version of that solution, if it makes sense. Like, I've got an idea of a startup project that I want to try out. And it's loosely related to that. So I kind of partly entered that competition to just try out that vague concept I've got, but I adapted it for the book fair challenge. If that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Kate, this is super, super fascinating. a mentor. I just love what you are inspiring, Kate, to share with us. But Kate, one thing that I'm observing here from your questions, and I want to understand more uh, from your perspective, is am I getting a sense that ideation challenges are the ones that challenge you to submit a creative solution? And then if yes, is that a way to it like validates the market desirability of a potential solution you might be thinking of before you might be investing more work to its further development with the book fair challenge it was to kind of not test it but to get an idea of whether i'm in the right ballpark if that's the right word most of the time when i'm entering an idea challenge it's usually to get my brain active because I, I found, especially during the pandemic, my life has become very small and what I read and what I write and all of this exposure I have is in a very limited area. So I see ideation challenges as a bit of a personal growth thing as well. And also to test my brain. I mean, I've got lots of books to read, but I end up not reading them at the end of the day, but an idea challenge motivates me to learn more as well. Um, so it's multiple, multiple motivations going on and it depends on the challenge. I mean, there's some idea challenges that I won't enter just because I don't have the type of background, especially if it's related to engineering. And 
I get more and more selective depending on how busy I am. You just said something that uh, makes me, you know, think of the how we think of education today. You know, some people love just absorbing information, but some people learn by getting hands-on, you know, hands-on learning, doing, and I never thought about this, but uh, I the process of learning new skills and the process of exploring and getting onto, out of your comfort zone can be found in the Open Innovation Challenge, right? To apply into yeah. those. Am I hearing this correctly? Yeah. I'm just thinking of a friend of mine who enters a lot of Open Innovation Challenges and he's got an engineering background, but he now works in more of a market research intelligence sector, but he tends to enter a lot of the engineering style competitions. Because when you look at your day job, whatever you do is quite limited what you can do within your day job in terms of creativity. And you're always restricted. Whereas in open innovation, you can sometimes tap out those unrestricted parts of you. And the prize can be quite a motivator to unlock that. Because sometimes at the end of a busy day, the last thing you want to do is open a textbook or study. But the competitive element of an open innovation challenge can motivate you a bit as well and it's it's also a different type of learning it's not like you've got to pass an exam or study for a test so it's more informal exploratory learning i just wish more open innovation challenges and more sponsors would see that and provide more of an educational material with their challenge this is fantastic i even when I hear this and you say, oh, your, your, your work doesn't have enough creativity. And I think about the process and the prospect of open innovation, how useful could it be for corporations, for businesses to incorporate this methodology, this way of coming up with ideas and at the same time, educating and supporting yourself at the same time, unleashing their creativity at the same time, increasing innovation in your company. That's, uh, that does seem like it, it, it checks a lot of boxes uh, to me to introduce an open innovation challenges. So for, for your perspective, what are corporations and businesses missing if they don't have open innovation challenges? I think they're missing out on this like informal learning for their employees and also from getting ideas from outside of the company because the world is changing at such a rapid pace that they can't keep up with these changes. So they've got to look out there to see what's happening and also to see how different people approach challenges and problem solving. Now, I know a lot of companies do do internal open innovation challenges, but they almost do it too discreetly I recently, um, you know, was asked to help facilitate um, a kind of open innovation challenge for a company. And they just did it as a one-off two-day event. And they did not teach them how to use any new tools that could help them develop their ideas. It was just the design thinking methodology. 
And I think what is missing from a lot of open innovation is teaching people tools like certain design tools that can make your prototype look and work better. Uh, or teaching them, for example, if you've got like an open innovation challenge around AI, making people learn a bit about AI that's relevant to the challenge as well as doing the challenge. I think that's missing even with the companies that are doing open innovation. Mm. And are you thinking that uh, could be that teaching, that educational process, do you think could be like a course be before entering or just like a worksheet or a book or what type of resources do you have in mind or how would you learn about something? I'm just thinking of some of the design tools. It could be a workshop here, you know, here's a tool that you might want to use in the challenge. Here's how you could use it and just go through the process of, I don't know, designing an app or designing a website using Figma or Wizard or any of the other tools that exist out there. Um, I mean, that could be optional. Like it, I don't think it should be compulsory, but I just think there's so many tools that people don't know about that are very useful to their jobs and their lives, even if they're not a designer. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. And I love the using this opportunity to also equip and educate people and, and that will in turn lead to better quality solutions um, and ideas and all of that. So, so spot on. When, uh, from your solver experience, what's, what makes an open innovation challenge stand out from others? Okay, I'm trying to think. I must admit there aren't, to my memory, that many open innovation challenges that have stood out as being phenomenally good. Because I always think that in too many open innovation challenges, they set the challenge they wait for the submissions and there's not enough of a community element around the challenge. And there's not enough like serendipitous or any sort of facilitation of connections between the participants in the challenge. Now, one challenge that stands out to me as being really good was one that was run by Denora and that was a water challenge. I entered as a solo participant and I was put in a team and this challenge ran for about two to three months. And our team was given a mentor from Denora. And we had a meeting every week or every two weeks with our mentor to discuss our idea, how we could develop it to fit in with Denora and what we needed to consider uh, to adapt the, the, the idea and the solution to Denora and the challenges that their customers have. Uh, this really stood out because we had this mentor. So we really understood this company and who their customers were, because a lot of the time, when you look at any brand or a company, you're guessing who their customers are. Unless it's a big name brand, like who are the customers for this? What are their challenges? You've got to guess. And through this mentor experience, I knew what customers were calling customer support about and what the priorities were. Just because a lot of the time in open innovation challenges, it's a bit of a guessing game. Oof. 
So good, so good. So I'm, I'm hearing connection, I'm hearing uh, community, I'm hearing facilitation, um, and I'm hearing deeper understanding because it is true sometimes it becomes very surface ideas and solutions and they never end up being used. But if there's proper processes, I'm hearing that you're saying you can actually dive deeper because then you will understand the company better. You will understand their customers so that your, the solution will be much, much, much more appropriate. Yeah. Hmm. So why do you think when when people are designing uh, challenges, why do you think they're uh, not involving the community? And I'm just want uh, from you as a solver, it's it's very important to, to hear this feedback. When you don't see an aspect of community, when you don't see an aspect of connection, what happens, you know, and why do you think they're not doing it? I think they're not doing it because it does take time to facilitate these conversations and it does take effort. And I'm wondering if a lot of these challenges might be like driven by results and outcomes you can easily measure. So you can easily measure the number of ideas that are submitted and you can easily work out which ones are quality, where they're coming from, etc but you cannot easily make measures for community interaction and community engagement. And you also, it's really hard to work out an ROI for that. So I think that's why it's not happening. I also think a lot of the brands who are the sponsors of open innovation challenges, they know they need to do an open innovation challenge, but they don't really know. They haven't had the education or the knowledge on really what open innovation is and what it could unlock. Uh, they might not have expertise in that or open innovation might be like a small part of their job description that they just can't see that untapped potential, especially if they're a small company or, or even a big company that is just new to innovation in general. Wow, that's that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast. It is to help people better get educated or get to know someone like Kate who they can call and say like Kate we're designing something come help us out you know you are the veteran solver here <laughs> so uh so uh, since we are in this topic I'm curious for all future designers of open innovation challenges what are some pieces of advice you'd like to share with them I think it's to consider the voice of the solver in developing the challenge and always have that like solver persona in your mind and bringing this to the meetings with the client of whoever's sponsoring the challenge. I also think it's to consider the brand impact of a challenge and what could be done to make the challenge a success, not only for the people who win, but for the people who enter. Like people go to a lot of effort entering an open innovation challenge. And if they feel that they've not got anything from that effort, you know, it could, it could give them a sour interpretation of the brand and the platform. And I just think it's to think more widely about what the outcomes could be for the challenges and how they could develop the ideas further. I just think a lot of open innovation challenges are run in isolation. And 
it should be a, like a long-term relationship if you want to take open innovation seriously. In terms of, we've got these ideas, what happens next? What happens in like six months from now, one year from now, etc. I mean, not all of the ideas are going to develop into something profitable or interesting, but there's certainly an educational element into developing a long-term relationship with some of the solvers, especially if they're startups. Incredible, incredible. So much wisdom over here, Kate. So thank you so much for this. You know, we got to learn, uh, especially these points uh, at the end, I think for all those designers, all those people who are giving ideas, who are designing solutions, let's consider the perspective of the solvers. And you said it so well that, hey, it's not just about the winners, but all the people that apply, what, how can they leave better? the design challenge because of this i think that's what i'm hearing it's really important more clear chris uh, on the outcomes as well for people to know what the outcomes are how to mo move things forward and how to also develop the ideas further because sometimes we all see that yes challenge happens ideas come and then after that they die down so you know you, you mentioned that very very important point Okay, what could be one thing, one little thing that any open innovation uh, sponsors in the future could do to likely open up the full cycle of open innovation challenge? You made me think. Um, I think one thing they could do is employ some of the solvers as a consultant on an open innovation challenge or employ the previous winners of a challenge as a consultant for the next phase. If they're doing like multiple phase challenges, I always think you should design as well alongside the people most affected by a problem. So like if you've got a challenge for people with diabetes, then you need somebody who's a diabetic in the room helping you design the challenge um, so yeah, that, that's what I think to open it up more and also be more flexible on what you see as an expert. Like an expert doesn't have to be somebody with a PhD or a degree in a topic. An expert could be somebody with lived experience. Incredible. Kate, we are so grateful for all that you shared. And, you know, looking forward um, before we wrap this up, is there any challenges you're planning to participate in recently that the audience should know about? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm not at the moment. I'm having a break from everything. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I've got a whole load of list of courses that I need to take, and one of them's on AI. So maybe it's going to be an AI challenge in the future. So that Fantastic. I can like almost test what I've learned in an open innovation challenge to see if I'm on the right track. <laughs> love that Kate love that Kate well uh, thank you so much for your time for your ideas for your input input definitely this has been a very enriching experience for those of you that are listening friends this is a beautiful opportunity to get involved with social innovation challenges because you can learn and grow in your leadership you can build your resume that way you can build connections that way you can 
get new skills that way. At the same time, you know, for businesses and corporations, this is a beautiful opportunity for you to incorporate these practices so that you can unleash the creativity of your employees, of the community to solve the challenges that you're facing. And in that process, grow an audience, grow some fans and change the world in the process. Thank you, Kate, so much. And this is it for this interview. And we'll move forward with the next segment. Thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful day. Hey, solvers. I really hope that Kate has inspired you as well to dive into your own curiosities, start exploring open innovation challenges, and tap out those unrestricted parts of you, all while connecting and building out community of equally inspired solvers. And if you're an organization thinking about your first or next open innovation challenges, I hope that you will consider these three key takeaways that Kate shared with us. Firstly, Engage former solvers and winners of open innovation challenges so you design a challenge experience that will matter to them as well. Secondly, open up the challenge design process and design along the people mostly affected by the problem. And thirdly, remember that open innovation challenges can positively impact your brand if you're an organization by the mere ability to create positive or improve existing perceptions that solvers have about your company. Solvers, did anything else stand out for you? Did this conversation inspire you about another valuable challenge experience? If yes, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at the Solvers Edge at Captivate Group and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. And then if you subscribe to our newsletter at www.captivategroup.com the forward slash the Solvers Edge, we'll make sure you do not miss out on our next episodes. Thank you.